0: Here are the highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. Visit freetalklive.com for the full episode. Here in the studio tonight, it's Ian. And Matt.
1: And Mickey.
2: Just got back from the cryptocurrency meetup here in town at Keene, New Hampshire's wonderful little uh, spot called Little Zoe's Pizza, which accepts cryptocurrency.
1: And super delicious pizza delicious. there. So
3: Delicious I, delicious! I had to force
2: myself to stop. I know because we, we got so the bad. garlic. We got the garlic knots tonight as well. Ooh, as those the pizza. are good too. Uh, you just got to go yeah.
3: overboard. You know when you walk into a you walk into a pizzeria and they have racks and racks of fresh growing yeah. parsley inside their building and outside. Like actually, it, they got oh, they have it outside too during the, that time
2: of year. Yeah, they got a bunch of stuff outside. Yeah,
3: man, their pizza is so good. You know when I first moved to New Hampshire from New York, I knew it was gonna be bad. I knew it wasn't. <laughs> I knew the the, the pizzas I eat pizza. You mean the scene in New Hampshire sucks as oh far God, as pizzas. Oh, it's, it's not very good. There's yeah. one chain called Ramunto's that kind of comes close to the mark and is better than most mm. of the other places. Ramunto's not bad, but then I found Little Zoe's, and it is it, it is. Artisan, usually when I hear artisan pizza, it makes me stop and think, oh, this is going to be snobby and awful, Mm -hmm. but no, it's delicious. They make their own dough every morning from sourdough, it's like so consistent and delicious and they take it really seriously and they're not snobby people they're really down to earth really. oh yeah they're, they're super theaters. cool they're free staters
1: yeah. and they're not Basically, even yeah. paying us to say these things no, this is I, all I, genuine yeah
2: and i just want to say like we're we're not sponsored by this this place the odds that most of our listeners are ever going to have a chance to try little zoe's are very very low however if you ever attend the porcupine freedom festival that's right uh you can uh, you can try little zoe's pizza mm-hmm. they do have a uh, uh food truck that goes there and is very busy yeah i believe all week long uh, but they happen to be based here in beautiful Little Key, New Hampshire, yeah, which still, to this day, despite the meddling federal government and their efforts to destroy the cryptocurrency community, uh, still has some businesses that are accepting cryptocurrency sure. and accepting goldbacks. And I talked to Ed from Little Zoe, the co-owner, uh, there today. And I said, well, you know, how did Porkfest go for you? Because he, he was there, but I didn't have time to see him. We were Bonnie and I were only there for a couple of days, and we can see him anytime we want. So I just kind of got a, a recap from him, and he said, you know, obviously, they, they did great. Uh, and I said, well, what was the number one currency that people were paying with? And he said, after cash, it was goldbacks by far. Like, not hardly anyone paid with cryptocurrency mm. at the
1: Porcupine mm.
3: Freedom Festival this year. I did not year. really like the cryptocurrency culture at Porkfest this year. What do you mean by that? There wasn't one. Oof, really? It's bad. Well, Uh, I I wouldn't
1: go that far.
3: Well, amongst the old guard, of course, Uh obviously. But the problem is a lot of the people who are coming to Porkfest now are like, they weren't there in the beginning in the Mm -hmm. old days with crypto especially not at Rogers campground. Remember, it was like replete, like you could pay for anything. Everywhere like that. you I mean, went, everybody everywhere. was taking
2: cryptocurrency. And I've heard in the last few years that that has fallen off the radar.
3: And I think some of what's happened also is like during COVID, a lot of in the whole forced vaccinations and the, the threats thereof and so forth. I think a lot of people who were Democrats and Republicans like 10 seconds ago decided that they were libertarian, but they don't really know what that word means. Mm-hmm. And then they heard about this freedom fest. So they went to it and they had a great time. They had a ball, they had a party, but they didn't attend any of the philosophical academic style events or the talks and stuff I mean, like that. I mean, I don't
1: attend any of those things.
3: You've got a good grasp on it anyway, though. But
1: it, Yeah, it just feels like, I don't know. I already know all this. There's no point in... Sure. Th- these are know. not
3: people who've read Rothbard we will say that.
2: You didn't go and see uh, RFK
3: Jr. No, I didn't. Or Vivek Ramaswamy. Absolutely we'll see not. What was that no. guy even doing there? RFK Jr. Oh, people love him, though. I mean, who?
1: A lot of. Uh, the Vet
3: guy? Yeah, there's a bunch of people that. Libertarian.
1: They yeah, they're his not cool. That's what I'm
3: talking about. He, he doesn't belong. He's not. No, he doesn't a liber- belong there. He's Absolutely. terrible. He's a, he's a drug warrior. Wait, He's wait, a wait. drug warrior and he's a warrior warrior. He just wants yeah. to. He thinks militarism is an answer. It's not like that's the exact opposite of everything a libertarian should believe.
1: Wait, so you're saying we shouldn't bomb Mexico?
3: Uh, exactly. Absolutely yeah. not. Yeah.
2: You're being facetious. Obviously, yes, of course. But but, th- but amazingly, there are libertarians backing this guy up as though, oh, he's the yeah. best the Republicans could possibly offer. Meanwhile, there's an actual free stater who's running named Aaron Day. Oh, yeah. Aaron Day awesome. Lives here. He's one of us. You know, he's he's a real deal libertarian mm-hmm. guy. He just he's running as a Republican so he can get the word out about doing a bank run.
3: Mm -hmm. Which is a fantastic idea.
2: Right. It's an amazing idea. He's actually, I think, close to a million views on his bank run post on Twitter. So he wants to get people with that idea. And so he's putting the word out. He's talking about CBDCs, which I want to talk about tonight. That's why I brought up the the whole cryptocurrency thing. We'll get into that because Jamaica now has their own CBDC.
3: It's out. It's it's done. Mm -hmm. It's in production. It's interesting how the countries that always start with this type of thing are like kind of economic backwater countries easy to Nigeria, prey on. Nigeria, Jamaica. I, I would say these are com- countries that are easy to prey on by big central banking.
2: Bonnie told me that you guys have never been on a show together. On, I don't on- think I so. No, no, crazy. I can't believe it. That's I my wife believe- over yeah. there. <laughs> Congrats, and that was at ForkFest, which was yes. the second wedding, I believe, that has yeah, happened Yeah, there was a little bit of Fork
1: misinformation Fest. going around. Some people thought that we got married at ForkFest. No, no, no. Technically, it was Fork Fest.
2: I believe you tried to get married we at We did Fest, try to get, Fest. get married we did. at ForkFest. The yeah. bureaucracy prevented it. Yeah, bureaucracy yeah. prevented it. Yeah, and yeah. then I
1: think on the FSP newsletter, it was yeah. said that we got married at ForkFest, which was tsk, kind of comical. Tsk. I wasn't mad about it. Mm-hmm. Um because it probably wasn't malicious, but it was kind no, of ironic not. that we got shot down yeah. to get mm-hmm. married at Porkfest, because we were going to get married smack in the middle of Porkfest Thursday. I, so we I would offered. bring all of our family in, basically not force them to come to Porkfest, but you know we're getting married right, right. in the middle of and it. And we're
3: two popular people. We would have drawn a lot of people to our wedding. You had and, 150 and, at, at Porkfest. Right, at Porkfest. Right? And, and, and I it was... So, Going to be more, but it was raining, so probably it would have been. Yeah, we had some people two hundred drop out. Right, last yeah. minute. And, yeah. and you know, FSP Inc.'s whole purpose for Pork Fest is to draw n- new people toward Liberty. Sure, and we're talking about my whole family and all my mm. friends, who all they're none of them are like libertarian liberal some of them are Mm -hmm. Uh, but most of them aren't necessarily libertarian most of them aren't political at all but they could they are all people who could be easily flopped if you made a few good arguments to them and Mm -hmm. that goes for Nikki's entire family too oh yeah and and uh, we drew tons of those people to new hampshire if and i offered fsp inc to rent a big top tent an extra tent for them for Mm -hmm. the week whoa if we could use it for about 12 hours wow and yeah, we said, were going to no. give them
1: money, we were wow. going to bring stuff. Wow. We were really trying to make it work like, in a I, way I, I where the it was, best was beneficial. Foot forward, I could. Yeah, yeah, in a way where it would be very beneficial for Porkfest and yep. the free state project and us everybody. Yeah, like it would have been a really good situation, but it ended up I'm glad how it happened. I'm glad we got married before so I didn't mm-hmm. have to think about it. Uh Fork Fest is awesome, so I'm glad I could get married at Porkfest. And I think overall it was a lot easier to just deal with Rogers right. than yeah. to have to deal with a layer on top big. of a layer, yeah.
2: right? Cause- yeah. Well,
1: at that point, if we did it at Porkfest, Rogers would have not been involved. Like it right. would have been us just going through Porkfest. And I think that would have been a big mess. <laughs> Probably. So it's easier so.
3: going direct to the source rather yeah. than through the middleman in this particular yep. case. Yes. Yeah. And and Makes you sense. know, I asked one year ahead. You know, I asked FSP. So it eight, wasn't a last minute I, thing. I, I, no, I Absolutely asked. Them, not, I yeah. asked them at Porkfest the prior wow. year. Wow. So like and did last they, year. Bl- did
2: they blow you away at it right away? It was the or? most
3: dismissive no I've mm-hmm. ever heard wow. for any proposition I've yeah, ever we, offered. Yeah, we tried
1: uh different locations. We were offering money, we were offering tents, like Did they we, give you a
3: reason? No, it was just nope. Okay. Nope.
1: There were a couple of reasons, like parking, I think, was one of them. It was
3: a yuppie in a a golf cart telling me no without even giving it a second thought.
1: (laughs) Yikes.
3: (laughs) Well, whatever. Like you said, it worked worked out really good. Yeah,
1: it worked out really good.
2: Things were meant to be the way uh, they ended
3: up. He's got a great dog.
2: That's true. The yuppie does? The yuppie. (laughs) He's a fantastic
3: dog. love
2: that dog. If you're interested in attending just fork fest there are a few people that do this they won't even attend the porcupine freedom festival they just come up for fork fest Mm -hmm. uh that you don't have to wait until the first of august there's like this there's this day that they're uh telling everybody if you're going to register for pork fest 2024 you have to wait until august 1st if you call roger's campground tomorrow or whatever they're going to say call us on august 1st oh and then there's this huge flood of calls to come in to and them on pouted. august 1st so but if you wanted to register for the Forkfest dates uh you could do that right away because that that lockdown august first thing is only for people uh that are going to be attending the porcupine freedom festival so uh next year fork fest is going to be the 13th of june through the 16th of june that is a thursday through a sunday so uh people seem to like having it before the porcupine freedom festival there's the kind of the energy of the run up to the to the big event which of course porkfest is way bigger uh, there's way more people that come to the porcupine freedom festival Fest nowhere near as many but i think we, i think there's probably more people that attended beforehand i mean what were your thoughts on having you having attended a multitude of these Fests, did you feel as though there were more people there before or more people there after the Porcupine Freedom
3: Festival for, for a Fork Fest. What do you mean?
2: Like more people. How many people were attending? Like, comparing. Fest the was enormous. Comparing this year. the years of Fork Fest, Fork Fest happened after
3: Porkfest Fest for three years. Yeah. Oh, I think there was way more this year, but it, that's. I factoring mean, out the wedding. That's hard. If you can do that, that's the hard part. Yeah, that's, factoring that's hard. out the wedding. Um, I don't know. I think this may have been a busier Fork Fest this mm-hmm. year. Yeah. And I it would say a, so and compared it a, to
1: last year and the year before. Yeah.
3: And it was a beautiful week. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was other I mean we got we got some rain but it was a really nice week. Um our our wedding in particular it it was threatening to pour. It had poured right before it like the day before it and yep. and uh, it lightened luckily, up a little bit but it, it was still raining. Yeah, you know mo- most most people when they get married they walk out to here comes the bride and blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. We skipped that and Nikki's well, we're both huge Led Zeppelin fans but Nikki <laughs> loves Led Zeppelin. It was one of the things that turned me toward her in the first place just you know I had to look at that. And uh she picked out the rain song way ahead so of time so i totally
1: cursed us yeah, yeah. so wow you know, we sorry out everybody the rain got rained on, it, on it was at, drizzling my wedding.
3: at the time it was really beautiful though yeah. it was like you know you could i couldn't have asked i for actually
1: i wanted to add um looks like rain by the grateful dead uh, bob weir hmm. to our wedding playlist and then i was kind of thinking about the lyrics and it's a really like sad <laughs> uh depressing breakup song and no. i'm like no that's it's terrible such a good song that. but i'm like eh, <laughs> not the vibe
2: no All right. uh, Forkfest.party. You can go there. You can learn more about the event. They've got links to chat rooms where you can get connected to other attendees. It's the decentralized alternative festival that happens before the Porcupine Freedom Festival. Basically, the weekend before. Come on up early. If you're going to go to the Porcupine Freedom Festival, come up for a few days early and hang out with us at Forkfest as well. Uh, It's a bit of a different crowd, a little slower, maybe like less than a tenth of the size of uh, the Porcupine Freedom Festival. Very chill. Very laid back by comparison. Uh, And check it out at forkfest.party. The CBDC, the Central Bank Digital Currency, this is a real nightmare uh, that is coming true in various different places in the world, and the latest victim— uh, is the people of the wonderful country of Jamaica. We have the pleasure, once again, talking about Keene's food scene here. Uh, we've got a Jamaican restaurant here in town, and it might be the only one in all of New Hampshire. I don't know. I heard It might be. Yeah. I heard that rumor recently. Oh, I know ho- it. I hope it's not true. but There but,
1: might be one in Manchester there used or to be. Concord.
2: I don't know if there was one in Manchester years ago that I went to in, in downtown Manch, but it closed. So I don't know if there's another one.
1: Maybe there's another
2: one there, but... Uh, that one was good. Anyway, uh, Jamaica is now, according to the Financial Times, uh, they chronicled how the Caribbean country hit rock bottom, turned a corner, and weathered potentially catastrophic headwinds, which is admirable, but you may be forgiven for not expecting Jamaica to be at the front of international financial innovation. To these skeptics, we present Jamdex, a.k.a. I guess this is slang in Jamaica, Uh Aki money, A C K E E, Aki money, Jamdex, as they call it, was launched in July of 2022, and is one of only four fully launched retail CBDCs in the world. Now, this article is sounds like it's salivating over this, uh, so you know take take the viewpoint of the author here. Isn't with it funny how they pump
3: this, but mm-hmm. they. They've been spending 10 years pooping on crypto. Yeah, exactly. Well, there's but, too
1: much freedom in crypto. You right. know, you need the government to be able to control this or else it's dangerous. and Drug you
2: know. dealers, yeah. terrorism, oh, yeah. even though, the of course, horror. they use the dollar primarily, terrorists mm-hmm. and drug dealers. But regardless, uh, that, and, and that is the big claim here. One of the big claims of the CBDCs is that they will be able to stop the terrorism or stop the money laundering or whatever. And what they're really going to do is stop the people who have political viewpoints that are differ from the uh, the status quo. They'll be able to stop them from having any kind of livelihood, uh, making good money, being able to spend it in certain places, that kind of thing. So, who's got the CBDC right now? Which countries on the planet? China. Uh, Surprisingly, they don't list China, even though they have it. So I don't know why that's not on this list here. China has
1: a Yeah, you think that would be number one. You would think.
2: Probably because
3: journalists these days are generally bushy. They're awful.
2: Could be. Now, maybe it's because China hasn't rolled theirs out completely yet. As I understand it, only a portion of China... Uh, their population has access to the cbdc mm. so it isn't across the whole billion people
3: yet i wonder which segment of pop of the population they chose to have access was it the really really obedient elite or was it the really really bad people who'd go against I don't know if it's
2: geographic or pol- or political-based mm. or what. I would That's assume it would
1: be in the cities, maybe, because it would be a little bit more difficult to get the rural folks, because, right. of course, China is huge, yeah, yeah. and the majority of it is very rural.
2: It would make sense so. for them to start yeah. it in Shanghai or right. wherever. Uh, but no, they don't mention China. They mention the Bahamian sand dollars, so the Bahamas, the Eastern Caribbean D-cash, which I had not heard about. I'm not sure... They say Eastern Caribbean, so I don't know which countries uh, in the Caribbean would be included in that. Dcash And Nigeria's e naira, which we have heard about, uh, we've talked about to some extent here on Free Talk Live. The Nigerian CBDC, I believe, was the first one to come out. If not, China was first, Nigeria was second. And that's a particularly interesting one because Nigeria, of all the countries on the planet right now, Nigeria is the number one country for people adopting cryptocurrency. Hmm. Wow. So I think they felt like they really had to speed it up and get the CBDC on the scene quickly because
3: it's literally like one out of three people in Nigeria have purchased cryptocurrency. You know, and that's, we've said that from the beginning. Cryptocurrency is never going to replace government currency, but it's going to make the government currency compete. Mm-hmm. They'll have no choice because cryptocurrencies. It's a genie that's out of the bottle, and it cannot go back in. It literally can't get back in the bottle, even if it wanted to get back in the bottle. they trying hard. They will never be able to push that genie back into the bottle. That ship sailed the second Satoshi hit the go button. Especially after Monero came out. Especially after Monero. When Monero happened, it was flat out. Which, for listeners that don't know, Monero is uh,
2: the primary privacy coin in the cryptocurrency market. Yeah,
3: plus with Monero, you can mine it yourself without any special Mm -hmm. equipment. So Monero is an especially nice little thing for people who enjoy their freedom yeah
2: so cryptocurrency like you're talking about it empowers the individual the individual can acquire it Mm -hmm. without usually without asking permission for instance if you know somebody else with monero and they want to sell you some monero you just ask them and they'll hopefully will sell it to you and then that's completely off the record you know there's no no one except for you and the person who sold it to you knows that that has happened in April of this year, the finance ministry announced two more incentive programs, the Small Micro Merchant Incentive Program, which would reward 10,000 food stores, gas stations, and salons with a uh, 25000 Jamaican dollar deposit. That's about 164 bucks And the Wallet Holder Individual Loyalty Program, which provides regular users with loyalty points that can be redeemed for cash back. Now, what I think is interesting here is What you're looking at is a trial run of what they're going to try here Mm -hmm. in the United States when these things come about. However, here, I feel like you're going to have more corporate adoption. I think that you're going to likely see, you know, the mega corporate chains that always carry the water for the the government, Mm -hmm. you know, all these corporations. Oh, yeah. You know how they all signed on with, oh yeah, vaccinations, yeah. and let's put the little uh, little aisle indicators down which show you which direction you have yeah. to go or when you're even, walking around. Or um, even
1: a lot of places with the credit card use, now a lot of places are cashless.
2: Like uh, Chipotle?
1: Yeah. Well, and also uh, we went to a music festival recently in oh, Live Nation. This. Yeah, yeah, Live, Live Nation, Nation, Nation bought, I don't know if they bought the venue or no, just they bought, they bought the, 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 the music festival. So festival. they bought, so the, they bought festival. the festival. You could not get a single thing. Unless you had a credit card, you could not that pay for anything in cash. That is insane to yep. me. We even went to, um, like, so they so they have vendors that come out. Some of these people just follow around, tour with different yeah, music sure. festivals, and they just spend. Um, a lot of those
2: guys don't take credit cards at all. No. Nope. So
1: they that it, it, things are changing though. So mm-hmm. I asked one of the people. I was like, "Oh, can I just pay in cash?" Like, wink, wink. Mm-hmm. And he was like, "No." I'm mm-hmm. like, "Are you sure?" Like, "Hey, here's how you do it. You just like." pretend it didn't happen like uh-huh. you know and he's like absolutely not if you they know catch
2: us we're kicked exactly out. Yeah, so right? he was
1: like this is a really good Whoa. gig for us and they take it really really seriously here if anyone even catches me touching cash Whoa. in exchange with a customer i'm kicked out for life and Who, i'm just screwed
2: who's behind live nation Who owns this company? Probably BlackRock. Yeah, it's it's a it's a huge Ticketmaster or something like. Is this like the big corporation?
1: It seems like Live Nation and Ticketmaster are connected because I I go to a lot of concerts, so I buy a lot of concert tickets off of different platforms. And the concert tickets, you can look at them on you know their website now. Right. And it seems like they're connected. So my concert tickets, I can view them on both Live Nation and Ticketmaster. So they must be connected somehow. Mm-hmm.
3: Liberty Media owns Live Nation.
2: Really? Yeah. Liberty? Yeah, mm-hmm. that's ironic, huh? Now, is that the same Liberty Media that owns XM, uh, Sirius XM Satellite Radio?
3: Certainly. Very mm-hmm. interesting. Subsidiaries, uh, Live Nation Concerts, Ticketmaster, Frontline Management oh, they own Group, okay. yeah. Live Nation Network, C3 Presents, mm-hmm. AC Entertainment, and Live Nation Merchandise. Wow. All right. So, so now, for me, like... I know you guys want to see the
2: bands, right? Like that's the only reason why you go. But if I had gone to that and found that out while I was there, I'd be like, this is the last time I will ever come to one of these shows. And I
1: think there are a lot of other people that are like that. Unfortunately, not enough to Mm -hmm. really make an impactful difference. Uh, Because a lot of people don't care about it. A lot of people are like, yeah, credit card is easier for me anyways. You know, they don't really care. They don't really value alternative means of payment. But uh, there, are, there are a few things that happened that really upset me, and it sucks because it's a great music festival, oh, and man. I really, really like the bands, but the security, and a lot of people, in um This was a-, a
2: camping festival, too, yeah.
1: right? And it uh, like, used to I be, I, so I've been imagine. going- I,
2: I, I'm sorry, I, I just can't even imagine. I've been to some of these when I was younger, yeah. uh, went to Livestock in Florida, which was mm-hmm. a lot of fun. I can't imagine having to rely on electronic currency of any sort yeah. at a cow field or where wherever the hell this was right. happening right yeah uh because you know, if it's a camping festival it has to be in a big place where people can spread out yeah. they got tents probably what were there multiple stages
1: yeah there's yeah. three stages right yeah. so i mean you got the camping was sprawling. literally on the side of a mountain basically right uh and i've been going to this particular festival since 2015 but and it was it just recently not. that it flipped. yeah once live nation bought the festival Jeez. then all this stuff really flipped i couldn't even bring a backpack in that wasn't clear
2: shag calling us from massachusetts in enemy territory shag you're on free talk live go ahead
4: yes i am in enemy territory uh i've been trying to get up there for over a decade but damn come on buddy. Uh, I just,
2: just, you gotta get those yeah, leg shackles yeah. off first and then maybe you can i do know it. I know, I know. Life, eh, life's
4: complicated. but yeah, um, you know, I just yes. wanted to say, I, I, yeah, absolutely. I just wanted to say, I, I love this show, and, um, you know, it, it was made clear that there were not enough. There wasn't a diversity of callers. That it was all these chronic callers calling all the time, and I actually just wanted to say, I've, I've envisioned it. In some weird way, how funny it would be if you had like a chronic caller Royal Rumble if you could all <laughs> if you could get all the all the chronic callers together and do a big Royal Rumble. But um, anyway, yeah, I just I love the show, and I was saying to you Ian that you, Mark, Michael Dean, Nima Vidati, you guys really helped sort of crystallize my understanding of liberty. Probably around,
3: like, 2012 or something. Nima Vidati.
2: Yeah, a great uh, uh, libertarian yeah. rapper, Nima Vidati. Sure. I don't know what yeah. he's doing these days. Yeah. I, I, don't, I, don't,
4: I don't even know what either one of them is doing these days. I think I Michael Dean has
2: teams. moved, as I understand it. He used to be in Wyoming. Michael Dean, uh, former host of The Freedom Fiends, which was a uh, very uh, interesting and entertaining show for many years. Uh, but uh, he, he hung up his headphones, I believe, and moved, I think, west of Wyoming, if I recall, if if Bonnie were here, she would know because she actually uh, see his. She follows his posts regularly on social media. He's doing a lot of stargazing these days, from what I understand. I cool, and, uh, like he's got a telescope or whatever, and he's taking uh, taking nighttime photographs of uh, the night sky and posting those online. If you if you look him up, I'm sure oh, he's wow. not that hard to find. I think he's got a Twitter account.
4: Interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah
2: I'll check that out. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure he'd, I'm sure he'd appreciate yeah, I mean, you saying something to him, like, "Hey, man, thanks for." All the great
3: shows. Yeah did you, you know? did you ever see yeah. Guns and Weed, the movie they made? Yeah, that was yeah. a great movie. Yeah, yeah.
4: yeah still fantastic. a great movie. Yeah, trying to trying to trying to bring the old the old liberals and the conservatives together, but obviously the liberals have turned to total authoritarians. But um, well, you know, some of them
2: have. But yeah, but I think yeah. there's still some, some that are some uh, that are of the old the old school. Yeah, the old you type. have your Marxists,
3: yep. and then you have your classical liberals. Well,
2: thank right, you, Shag, right, for the exactly. kind words tonight. Was there anything else you wanted to share?
4: Yeah, yeah. I was just thinking, you know, you were talking about CBDCs. Yeah. Um, you know, I think about liberty every single day throughout the day, how to be more free. Um, and I, just to be honest, I'm absolutely terrified by the feds and they're clearly, clearly cracking down on anybody who wants to, you know, transcend their system, their economic system. So I don't know how to, go about doing that in a way where I'm protected. And also the CBDC thing is is just absolutely terrifying. You don't know how
2: to go. Let's start with the first part. You said you don't know how to go go about doing that to where you're protected. When you say go about doing that, what do you mean?
4: I don't know how to go about, like, pursuing a more free life without being, you know. I mean, I know some people just want to be left alone and they want to be off-grid and Mm -hmm. all that. But to actually make change, you know... It's going to require activism. It's going to require a pushing back.
1: Well, I mean, it really um, depends what freedom means to you because that is different for everybody. Some people, you know, being more self-sustainable, homesteading and having a farm, being able to, like, produce their own food and kind of being out there in the country where there aren't as many cops, there isn't as much going mm -hmm. on as in the city For some people, you know, that is a huge step to freedom or even just being a property owner, you know, having that um, can be freeing for some people. Uh, Moving to New Hampshire is usually... Yeah. Great New Hampshire step. is a good yeah,
2: idea because then you get the community yeah. behind you. I mean, that's absolutely, not going to necessarily yeah. save you, right?
1: There's but a lot of support yeah, here, no. though.
2: But it's nice to have somebody show up at a court trial or For something sure. like that. And, then, and I'll you know, tell you sure. what, Shag,
3: you know, one thing, Shag, I want to tell you, you know, I'm sure you have your reasons or whatever, but 10 years is a long time. That's You're starting to turn that that's throwing excuse flags to me. So
4: yeah um, no it's true it's true. I've had opportunities uh, i'm so'm I'm sorry to interrupt, but no. you know there's there have been a lot of terrible things that have happened in, like the past five years that have really kept me here. Yeah, um, let me tell but, you this uh, just,
3: let me tell you this it doesn't matter what has happened and what you know what i what I want to just share with you, and this is what I kind of did. I visited a lot. I came to New Hampshire quite a bit. I was making a five hour drive quite often just to come kind of hang out in Keene. I didn't really know the people up here yet, but I hung out with them and I got to know them a little bit. And then I had an opportunity and I struck and I left a lot on the table when I left. Go ahead, Ridley.
5: Yeah. I was wondering if you guys had heard anything about Heidi Meisha. Heidi Masha. Yeah.
3: um, Well, I heard, I heard, unfortunately she has passed away. I don't know, uh, how or why? But uh, I know she's been in a bad way for. Who
2: is this? A free stater? I remember or Hardy?
3: I remember a guy named Hardy
2: Mason. Hardy yeah. Mason was
3: a good activist. He Did he pass away too? House. He had cancer, and he did a lot of pot activism back then okay. because they wouldn't let him have medicinal. And one of his final mm. acts of uh, one of his final acts of activism was recording a video with all the medical equipment hanging off mm-hmm. his face and oh, so forth, yeah, and he's saying, right. "You won't, you won't let me have the medicine that I that would help wow. me, you know, that's treat so myself." Sad. And uh, he, he was just a heroic guy and. Uh, his wife, he's a free Heidi. stater, right? Yeah, he's a free stater. Yeah, yeah so is Heidi, but um, yeah, they uh, Heidi. Uh, so his I, wife I saw that she passed away this oh, week, no. and um, yeah, it's a it's a sad thing. I don't know the details behind it, Ridley. I don't.
5: Yeah, I also don't know. I didn't even have confirmation that it had happened. Um, I just, you know, it's just so sad. Uh, no. Both of them, uh, and she was she couldn't have been more than forty five. No, she's not she's very old. old. Um, he was young too, and have. I believe he also ran for something as a libertarian, maybe Congress or governor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think he did Any run for something,
2: for... yeah. That was a uh, long time ago. I mean, mm-hmm. that's several. It was. Most of a decade, if not.
5: We lost him in 2013, according wow, to Wow, 10 record. years, okay. But, you know, it's, you know we, there's not much we can do when we lose somebody. We can make sure at least
3: the, the world knows it happened. Yep, there's well, no, then there's no need to forget him in what they've done. Yeah,
2: that's true. And I I mean, unfortunately, the reality of a movement that is as large as the Free State Project, you're going to start, people are going to start passing away. I Mm -hmm. mean, whether it be through natural causes or uh, entirely unnatural ones like a car accident, which has happened, uh, I was just thinking, somebody asked us the other day, and there was a guy in, in Winchester, actually, a freestater who yep. ran off the road at one point. They think he might have had some kind of heart condition that might have s- spurred this to happening. But he ran off the road while he was driving a big truck or something and did yeah, not survive yeah. the And
3: he was a really, really good dude, too. He was a town selectman. Yeah. He'd yeah. been elected. And not only that, the town loved him yeah. and his wife, yeah. Gloria. So they were really, really good people yeah. down there.
2: Yeah, and there was another person who got crushed by a giant boulder in their backyard oh or something. They were working in oh. their backyard with, I don't know why they were underneath it, but they were they put themselves underneath this boulder and it moved in a way they weren't expecting or yeah. something. And they ended up passing away, they were dying. And there was, of course, John... Uh, Connell, the uh, founder of the Peaceful Assembly Church, who literally uh, died in a fire, sadly, in his church in Grafton several years ago. Somebody who had a big inspiration on me founding the, the Shire Free Church here. Uh that guy was a, a great activist. Sure was. And so I mean there's just there's a long line, sadly, of of people who've already perished in the uh the Free State Project migration here. But on the good mm-hmm. side, people are having kids and there's
3: always new people moving in uh to New Hampshire. So that's the good news. More peop more, more libertarians have died in New Hampshire of all kinds of causes than even exist in most zip <laughs> that's codes. That's
2: probably true. Uh so it is sad news, Ridley, and thank you uh for sharing that. Anything else?
5: Well, uh, with regard to the downsizing of the show, I had a couple thoughts. Um, I wouldn't call it doing. a
2: downsizing; it's just a uh, different restructuring or different sizing. Uh, <laughs> we, we've, we've changed a few things around here. There's now Ian always uh, has a word, and this is one time he
3: didn't, so he made yeah. one up.
2: <laughs> it's, uh, it's, I would say, it's a restructuring of things here, Ridley. We're still doing seven fresh shows per week here in uh, on Free Talk Live. It's just we've brought in some of the best libertarian voices from around the country to head up some of our shows so you got ernie hancock from declare your independence on monday nights he's a you know he's ball of energy awesome. that guy's he's amazing awesome. uh and you got the guys from good morning liberty nate and charlie which uh, maybe not as many people know nate and charlie but they've been doing a daily podcast five days a week Roughly, uh, for four years. Now. Wow,
3: that's great. So no, I'm not
2: familiar with them. There aren't many people that have the level of dedication to the craft of doing Liberty Radio as these got these these three guys, Ernie and uh, Nate and Charlie from Good Morning Liberty. They're doing a show called Liberty at Night that is okay, on Tuesday cool. nights, and uh, we got Mark Mark Edge, longtime co-host here on Free Talk Live, who always complains he doesn't get enough uh, airtime. Now he's heading up Edgington Post on Friday nights with his old buddy, his uh, his old boss, actually, from the comic book store. You've heard Mark, I'm sure, talk about how he used to work at a comic book store when he was 12 years old, and he got paid in comic books. Well, the guy that was the owner of the comic book store is no still way. friends with him. Yeah. No way, that's and so cool. And they're doing a show
3: together. That's and he's, awesome. He's the what comic an evil st- capitalist to you know employ a 12-year-old boy. Yeah, how well, he? he wasn't
2: employed, quote-unquote, right? He was only getting paid in in comic, comic books. books but so they still they still have a friendship and and his his name is henry rains and henry is kind of uh he's mark describes him as a progressive i'm not sure how henry has would describe he been himself. on the show
1: before he has
2: yeah okay yeah, so yeah i'm familiar together. with this person yeah um and so you know mark's kind of a libertarian maybe conservative socially and then you got this progressive guy in there so they've got they're not going to agree on everything so that, that's what we're doing on those nights ridley and the other nights we're still live still here in the studio
5: the show on uh, Tuesday, do they accept calls?
2: No, it's all pre-recorded.
5: So he- here's what's here's what we're losing when we lose all these nights that you guys are on and the, 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 the mm-hmm. and that's the ability of the little person to get a piece of information out, right yeah there's really not very much an individual can do to get information out easily anymore. It's yeah. not like twenty fifteen or twenty ten. Uh, so, every show that you guys had on was the, you know, represented the ability of an individual to get before it did. Unfortunately, 000,
2: very few people uh, took us up on that option. Hey, Daily Digest listeners, this is Riley Blake. I enjoy free talk live, and I know you do too, but finding time to listen to an entire episode isn't always easy. So, I produce the Daily Digest.
6: Yeah, thank you for taking my call. I wanted to get back on topic that you uh, were uh, getting into in regards to radio callers. Um, I I listened to a station that proudly airs Free Talk Live material, KTOX 1340 in Needles, California. There's a lot of people that call that radio station in the local area that appreciate what you all do, and sometimes you get those contributors on your show. Mm -hmm. Um, it's too bad that all of those callers that contribute to KTOX on their local show doesn't uh, step up and, and uh, call Free Talk Live. But it, it, I, I see what you're saying as far as – or I see your concern about the, um, the idea that uh, – or, or concern about the possibility of AM radio going away. But do you think that there's these cycles that, um, that we might – go back to here like for example we were all going to cds and or, or tapes and then cds and then in the early 2000s uh we decided that you know records were important you know what i mean
1: it's you're like, saying uh, things
2: that are old again being new again Yeah, mm-hmm. it's a
1: possibility
2: do you guys have uh, record collections? Do I, have do I have
1: like a very extensive record mm-hmm. collections. That's so interesting because
2: you're the youngest person in the studio. Exactly.
1: And, and so I think um, what he's saying here does have tape. some weight.
2: <laughs> well, you make an interesting point, Chuck, that uh, sometimes what's old is new again, although that's not always true, right? I mean, who's bringing back the eight-track tape? <laughs> There's no movement for that, no. right? Like, that's not a thing. Uh, eight-track tapes suck uh tape as a technology sucks,
3: sucks. it is a uh, poor
2: technology that had its time and its time has passed although that- the,
3: the very best way to listen to music is on a reel-to-reel <laughs> is that true absolutely i don't know if i believe it
1: yeah it's better
2: than it,
3: album it's better than buying i don't album. know if i buy, i don't know if i'm buying that it's for real
2: because when whenever the the head the magnetic head on uh whether it's an eight yeah, track you gotta or update whatever, your machine I mean, whenever you gotta, that head touches that tape it hurts the the tape tape. Mm -hmm. there's a damage that is done a uh, generation effect i believe is is what they call it if i'm recalling correctly and essentially the more you play a tape the worse it's going to sound so you just cannot get that around, sucks. that. but that's which, with records
3: yeah. too, because records get grooved, right? Don't is that they? true with I don't know oh, is that true with you, records? If you
1: if you take care of them, I mean, it's a big thing, like not scratching them, making mm-hmm. sure you're taking care of them. Cleaning. But do they
3: do they get worse over time if you're not? For sure, they do. Definitely, I know. I... Does the needle well, actually? Because I, yeah, do you I have to records.
1: replace the needle too. Like having a good quality needle does make right. a difference. Right, also.
3: but but if you play the record over and over and over and over again, it definitely wears out. because I, it really? I've worn them out. Yeah, sure. yeah, I, I wore out. Uh, I wore out Billy Joel glass houses, I think.
1: Yeah.
2: So, Chuck, I mean, I I get what you're saying. Um, And and I want to be, as somebody who grew up on radio, you know, I'm in my 40s, right? Radio was a thing when I was growing up. It's true for you as well, Mm -hmm. Uh, Matt. In fact, uh, you used to be on a pirate radio station, as I was also into pirate radio back in the day. I didn't know you'd remember that. I Uh, did. Yeah, I remember that. Uh, And, you know, that, that was something we all grew up with, and you too, I'm sure, Chuck. And nowadays, you know, young people aren't growing up with that habit. Right, like they're getting, they're coming out of the womb, and there's a, a phone being slapped in their hands. You know, it's like right early on, they're playing the the video games and such on their phones. These days, you've got uh, Generation Z or whatever comes after them. Uh, they are just. They're not even hanging out with their friends in real life. I got a whole article about this, that they're not even spending time. Like when we were growing up, you'd go out to the mall or you'd go run around yeah. the neighborhood or whatever. And now you don't even. Well, now even... they
1: can just TikTok each other right. and Snapchat each other. So they don't even have to be in the same room.
2: If they are in the same room, they're
3: probably still doing
1: yeah, TikTok exactly. to each other. You know, it seems yeah. like
3: I saw mm-hmm. a video online recently. like It was like a TikTok video or something. But it was of like, a, like, a 19, like an 18 or 19-year-old girl that found, like, bought a box of stuff at a yard sale, and there was, a like, a tape in it. <laughs> she like, what's And this? she was like, what is this?
1: They, you know, I, I saw a post recently. It was a CD player, uh, uh-huh. not even a Walkman or anything, just a regular CD player, yep. a portable one, and it was in some museum.
2: Like a boom box kind of thing? No, with no, just,
1: just the little ones that oh. you, uh, with the headphones that connect to it. That would be a portable
2: it? one, I think. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, the portable one. It was... Right. In a museum,
2: <laughs> so I don't know, Chuck. Uh, you know, I appreciate your optimism, but I think some technology doesn't come back. and And let me, I'll make the argument again. I love radio, but why would someone tune in specifically to music radio? I'll, I'll pick on music radio because at least with talk radio, you could say, "Well, talk content's original." If a talk station has somebody who's really interesting, and that's the only place you can get that content then people are going to go and get that content from that place, right? So you could say that. But with like music radio, they're playing the same old songs that you can get on yeah. Pandora, and you can get on you know, Spotify yeah. and Apple Music, and you can get it out on demand. I mean, who really needs the radio program director to select the songs for them? This year, the finance ministry announced that they've got incentive programs where they're going to try to bribe people— to sign up for the CBDC. In the case of small and micro merchants, they are offering upwards of 10,000 locations. Food stores, gas stations, hair salons, you know, that kind of thing. With 25000 Jamaican dollars, which is about 164 bucks. So if you're running a business, and Matt, you, you're a businessman. Uh, somebody comes to you, a sales guy comes to you, he wants you to start accepting the... This new payment system, ignoring that it's a, CB, it's a CBDC, let's say it's not that. And he says he's willing to pay you $164 to get on board with this. Is that going to incentivize you? You're going to take a serious look at it.
3: I would look at it, but I would be curious as to why anybody would want to pay me to use something that they, it seems like they should be selling me. Indeed. Uh,
2: and in this case, they're also going to be offering a wallet holder individual loyalty program, which will give loyalty points redeemed for cash back to the individual users. So that's what they have to do. They gotta con- they've got to they got to convince the business owner to sign on, and they got to convince the individual users to sign on. It's kind of a chicken-or-the-egg problem. This is something similar to what the credit card companies encountered early on, right? Because, like, the credit card sales guy would be beating the streets, knocking on, pay- you know— Pushing payment, knocking on doors and going into businesses and saying, trying to explain to a business why they should adopt this entirely new system when cash has been working fine for decades. Why would someone want to pay 3% to take this plastic card on when no no one's asking to, none of their customers are asking for it, so why would they take it? So it's like, how do you start getting people to accept a new payment system? It's not easy and the cryptocurrency world has been experiencing this as well right like how do you get local business owners to accept something that honestly their customers aren't clamoring for Mm -hmm. and the answer is the customers should clamor for it a little bit that's what that's what we found here in Keene, new hampshire which had at one time and i think may still uh hold the title for most crypto accepting businesses per capita capita in the united states um, I you know if I'm wrong about that, please let me know. But I think we still have it, even though we've lost a few since the FBI raided our studio and some of our friends' houses a few years ago. And things have kind of fallen off the radar a little bit since then, plus the price of the crypto go- has gone down. And it's a little harder to sell crypto when the price has been going down as opposed to, uh, to going up. But we found that it is easier to get businesses on board when you have a network of people, a marketplace, a community, uh, some economic strength. People that are actually willing to spend cryptocurrency when they go into a local business uh, that they are a customer of, because it's a whole other story if you're a total stranger, a sales guy coming into town, going knocking on doors, talking to people you've never met before. And it's another story if you are the local who's a regular customer or even an irregular customer, somebody that they're going to recognize. And you say, Hey, are you taking Bitcoin yet? Or are you taking uh, cryptocurrency here yet? And the answer is going to be no. But if it's the owner of the business, he or she may make a mental note. And then the next time somebody else asks, they may say to themselves, you know, maybe this is worth looking into. And that's actually happened here. Mm-hmm. That's how it happened with uh, Wilder Auto, which is the company in town that takes uh, crypto or took crypto. He says he hasn't had anyone asked to pay in over a year mm-hmm. with uh, cryptocurrency. I'm not allowed to. I would, my, but I work on my own cars. Yeah, Under my bail conditions, I'm not allowed to. Um, so, and he's got some issues that he needs to get worked out with wallets and stuff like that. So again, it just goes to show when the customers aren't using the business owner is going to fall away. And unfortunately that's the, that's the reality of it. So you have to have a community of people who's willing to spend that will convince the business owners to come on board. But the people who are willing to spend have to actually spend, they have to actually show up whether it's good times or bad times, whether the price is up or, or down, the cryptocurrency community needs to keep coming out, and that's the real tricky uh, tricky part. So anyway, they're encountering the same thing with the CBDC because they haven't done the thing that you would expect governments to do, which is use the club, to use the threat of violence against these companies to say, you must accept the CBDC. If you don't accept the CBDC, you're going to prison. And that all of a sudden will get people on board, right? But they haven't done that yet. They're still They're still trying to use the carrot instead of the stick Mm -hmm. so that's where they're at here that's why they're trying to bribe people so we had talked about like well what will the united states government thugs do here when the cbdc comes to the u.s now to be clear it hasn't been approved for the u.s yet they've just been doing experiments it's possible it won't ever happen but is it likely i
1: mean anything's possible
2: yeah one of the guys with gold back. The company that makes Goldback, goldback.com is their website. They're not a sponsor, but I really love what they do. Yeah, they're great. Highly recommend them. Um, He was giving a really interesting speech last year at the Porcupine Freedom Festival where he explained that what they're doing to young people is they're essentially getting them on these cards early on. Like as soon as, I guess, you know, some parents can have a debit card issued yeah, to and their, their kids name. Yeah, or and whatever. then kind of
1: use it and start to build up their credit score early on i don't think
2: that would build credit but if you're oh, a debit it's card a debit I, i've card. heard
1: people do it with credit cards as well okay but.
2: maybe so um but the idea of getting the plastic card in their hand he points out that this is bad because whenever you go and you pay with a card how many times are you actually pulling up let's say it's uh it's a debit card so mm-hmm. how many times do you actually pull up your bank account or your paypal balance or whatever the issuer is and check your balance before you swipe the card
1: yeah, not all. I mean, I don't. Very
2: rarely, right? Yeah. If it, I just if at assume
1: all. there's enough money in there.
2: Right. And so what he pointed out was that essentially we're training the youth of America... To just spend, spend, to spend. To just spend. Yeah. And the, the real key that he... The, the key point he made was, is if you're spending with a card you don't have the feeling of loss that's the yes, same as actually... Because it's a
1: real physical thing right, that you're losing yeah, or trading, your cash, rather.
2: Right? You're pulling cash out of your purse or your wallet. You're counting it out. You're handing it over and maybe getting some change back or whatever. Yeah. That whole process but that exchange, is gone.
1: Yeah. No, and there is something important, I believe, in counting out the money for you to fully understand mm-hmm. how much money you're spending. And I knew when I was waitress, it was almost a lot easier for me to budget... Because mm-hmm. I would have a set amount of money in my wallet, the rest would go to the bank or the safe or wherever I'm putting it, because right. obviously you don't want to spend all the money you're making, and when you're a waitress, it's pretty much all tips. Yeah. So I would say maybe like, you know, here's 500 bucks for the week, whatever, and you I would exactly know. You knew exactly what you had. I knew exactly what I had, right. and when it was gone, it was gone. But with the debit card, you know, depending on how much money you're keeping in your checking account... You can just spend, 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 overdraft your account. Sometimes Mm -hmm. it just lets you. And it is like becoming really toxic because, I mean, people, a lot of kids these days, they don't know how to balance a checkbook. They're not keeping order of their finances. And it's well, and it's kind of by design because with the credit cards and you need, you know, you need your credit score and you Mm -hmm. need to build credit, it is creating a culture of, just being in debt like it's normal to be in debt it's normal to have hundreds of thousands of dollars in student loans yeah it's normal to not pay off your credit card at the end of the month and have credit card debt you know it's normal to finance a car and all of these things are very normal in our culture with previously i do you think people were getting mortgages like 200 300 years ago probably not you know you kind of just you could
2: buy a house for a few thousand dollars i mean a hundred years ago you know but uh, you're absolutely right about that, and so it is a uh, and these are bad financial habits that you're talking about, and so absolutely. so people spending from these debit cards and credit cards, they're not checking balances, they don't know how much they have, they don't really know how much they're losing, and that's what the the kids quote unquote kids today don't understand is that if they've never handled cash, then they don't have the same mm-hmm. feeling of. I'm spending something. There's something. An amount is being de- deducted. I do not have as much yeah. as I had before. It just doesn't have the it's same almost, hit.
1: For for some kids, it's like it's almost not even real money. You know, mm-hmm. they they get a credit right. card, maybe you know whatever, like two thousand dollar limit. They they almost feel like it's free money, and it's unfortunate because it seems like their parents are failing them in a way, yes. not teaching them these these financial skills. But I see a lot of, you know, people in their 40s and 50s and 30s who are in a lot of debt. So it's, mm-hmm. you know, it's kind of being passed down generation to generation where it's just normal to be in debt. It's normal to live beyond your means because you can just right. charge it to the credit card. That's the American and I'll, way. I'll pay it off when I can pay it off. Well, guess what? You're getting charged monthly mm-hmm. for the amount of money you have on that credit card. So it's not free money. Nope. People are spending a lot of money in those fees.
0: Go ahead, Major. Over a year ago, I filed for Social Security, right? and they sent me my first check, and on the back of the envelope, it said, you must um, register a bank account with the government for your Social Security checks to arrive promptly and on time or something like mm. that. And then a couple months after that, I started getting notices inside letters. Of, you are in violation or non-compliance or some hoo and I'm like, the government does not have the right to demand that I give them a freaking bank account. On
2: yeah, you so are I not you should not be them. obligated to have a bank account ever.
0: Right. And I bet you everybody that's getting social security, I bet I, I dare anybody to call in saying they're getting their social security and it isn't direct deposit. Because I've been making these bozos send me a check a paper check in the mail for over a year now. And uh, Hmm. guess what? I haven't gotten a call from the feds.
2: Okay. Here's, Hmm. I'm curious though. What do you do major with the check? If you don't have a bank account to deposit in, can you just go to Walmart or something and get the check cashed?
0: Well, the last one I rode around with it in my wallet for a minute and I was dead broke. I was down in Hubbard Lake, little podunk town. And I went to the party store there and it's a government check. I got my ID so mm-hmm. they have no, you know, it's not like a two-third party something stupid. They, they, they have full faith in it.
2: So the party so most, store most, took most the, anybody, they cashed your check?
0: Yeah, most anybody that doesn't have some kind of a serious bounce check policy, okay. you know, from doing business in the ghetto and whatnot is, uh, I mean, this is northern Michigan. People are honest, basically.
2: Okay, all right. That's cool.
0: You know, I got, I got, I, I don't know if you guys have heard this, but uh, you were talking about the CBDC, is that what you Yeah, the Central what? Bank
2: Digital Currency, yep.
0: That made me think of the CDC, and they just announced here they're trying to scare the hell out of us. Now the deer got COVID.
3: Oh, really? Oh, oh no come
0: kidding. on.
1: I thought they were I, done I, with the COVID down, thing.
0: I'm driving down the road tonight, and there's 15, 20 deer grazing in a bean field, and a little fawn starts to try to run out with me, probably trying to catch up with his mama. So I blow the horn a couple, three times, and I look at the herd, and half of them turned and looked at me, and they were wearing funny blue masks. Imagine (laughs) that.
2: (laughs) Thank you, Major. So you're one of the holdouts on this, and and what what do you say that the percentage is of people who are receiving Social Security who are like you? What do you think?
0: Uh, Three percent, maybe.
2: yeah.
1: So there's a haunted town in America that's been entirely abandoned and illegal to visit. Although many things divide or bring people closer together, one thing that almost always invokes an opinion is ghosts.
2: Whose story is this, by the way? So, this this is,
1: I've found this. um, One was the, I think it was on the New York Times. This Mm -hmm. particular one is the Premier Daily. um, Okay.
2: Just want to give credit where credit's due.
1: Um, For some, there's no possible way that ghosts could be real. Meanwhile, others swear that they've been in the presence of one.
2: Uh, Matt in our studio has made that uh, statement many times. Lots of times.
1: Either way, it's fun to speculate. However, a haunted town in Connecticut has been deemed to be in such despair that it is illegal to visit. So here's the twisted history of a haunted town. The haunted town in Connecticut has an interesting and complex history that some have speculated dates as far back to the 1500s. However, Dudleytown, Connecticut, wasn't settled until the 1740s and 1750s.
2: Dudleytown. Dudleytown,
1: yes. Okay. Eerily in a valley called Dark Entry Forest. Perhaps a coincidence. Mm. Perhaps not. Interestingly, interestingly, the haunted town was abandoned in the 1800s. Dudleytown was first settled by Thomas Griffiths, who was later joined by Gideon Dudley, hence the name Dudleytown. His family followed shortly after, and by 1753, the Dudleys were on a mission to find a fresh start. So this goes a little bit deeper into the history, just people that were were living there. So legend has it, Gideon Dudley fled to America hoping to avoid a longtime family curse after his father was beheaded. Unfortunately, the Dudleys are believed to have been partaking in sort of dark magic invoking a mythical book thought to open the gates of hell. So a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of story here. Sounds
2: like Evil Dead or something.
1: Yeah. As a result, some have speculated they and anyone whom they come into contact with are doomed. Therefore, onlookers attribute the town's numerous unexplainable tragedies to the curse that the Dudleys had so desperately tried to outrun. Hmm. Though it is short-lived history, the haunted town has a reputation for repeated murders, suicide, or failed businesses.
3: It is in Connecticut, though, right?
1: <laughs> yes, but this is before Connecticut became Connecticut. This is like colonial Connecticut.
3: Where so, Do
2: you know where this is? Because when you actually so, search for it on Google Maps, it doesn't come up. There's yeah, a, because it's
1: not a real town. So it's, it's a real place, but it's not... A town listed. Mm-hmm. Um, I forget what county it's in. There's One of the articles called, I read.
2: There is a Dudley Town Hill, which is apparently a you know mountain or so, a hill or something. So this but, is
1: in the northwestern. Yeah.
2: This is by Cornwall of
1: Connecticut. Yes.
3: So it's by Cornwall. Yes. Okay. All right. So there's um, apparently I f- I a forget, Dudley Town Hill. You know, there, there's all kinds of dead towns all over New England. I mm-hmm. mean, there's you know.
1: But my thing is, where is this place? Because I'm pretty familiar with Connecticut. I have a lot of friends in Connecticut. Mm-hmm. Um, In that region, too. So I'm wondering like, someone, a lot of people don't even know this exists. So you would think that someone would have stumbled upon it. Maybe it's deep in the forest, just kind of covered it's been by grown trees. Up, gr- grown over. Yeah, because at mm-hmm. this point, you know, there's houses there and, you know, old structures there, but it's pretty much just what you would envision abandoned, run down.
2: Are there pictures of this place in the, yep, in the article? There are, okay. Yeah. All right.
1: So while there are countless unexplained phenomena, a few of the most interesting include a family who all faced sudden doom after their relative, Nathaniel Carter, moved to Dudleytown. Six of his re- relatives died of cholera, and the rest were killed upon fleeing town and settling in New York. Hmm. Meanwhile, another resident, William Tanner is rumored to have been plagued by creatures coming out of the woods at night.
2: <laughs> oh, man.
1: Nearly 50 years later, General Herman Swift lost his wife when she was unexpectedly struck by lightning.
2: And oh, we're in the 1800s now, right? Yes. Okay.
1: It's said that the grief-stricken general died shortly after. With more and more strange reportings, death, and, feel- and failed businesses, the town had become virtually abandoned by the year 1900.